Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4 slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4 slash Lisa. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you look at the Soros family and the impact they've had on our elections, getting liberal prosecutors elected to power and the increase in crime we've seen as a result, or the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and its desire for us to own nothing and to be happy, or Bill Gates buying up America's farmland, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, all of these individuals who have an outsized role in shaping our society and shaping the world that we live in. But how much control do they have? We're going to talk to Seamus Bruner, who is the author of a new book called Contrologarchs. Exposing the billionaire class, their secret deals, and the globalist plot to dominate your life. Just how much control these people have. And even some things that you wouldn't even think about in the ways that they're trying to control us. Seamus Bruner is also the director of research at the Government Accountability Institute. He's worked with Peter Schweizer over the years to bring a lot of investigations to light, to call out corruption in, in both government and the private sector as well. So stay tuned for this interview about his new book, Contrologarchs. Well, Seamus, uh, I met you at a heritage event a few months ago, and you were telling me about your book. And I was like, I've got to get you on and look at us following through. Uh, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. I'm excited. This is a, a podcast I love to listen to. Well, that means a lot. I really appreciate it. And I, I'm so glad to have you on. This book just seems so interesting. You and Peter Schweizer, you guys have exposed a ton of corruption over the years through the government Accountability Institute, as well as the best-selling books and the investigative work that you guys have been doing. Why focus on the billionaire class? Well, you know us. We follow the money. That's kind of our motto. We followed it to the Clintons, to the Bidens. I did a book on FBI corruption following James Comey and Robert Mueller's money. Um, and now we decided to follow it all the way to the top, to the globalist elites. And what we found is really shocking stuff. I mean, for the first time ever, we crunched the numbers and found you know, how each of the characters on the cover of the book and about 20 others added tens of billions of dollars to their personal net worth over the course of the pandemic. And that may not sh surprise the savvy, savvy listeners of your show, 
But what really blew us away is how they sort of leveraged the pandemic as a, quote, opportunity, not only to get rich, but to seize control of key industries that dominate our lives. And uh, we're not against making money. Of course, we're all capitalists. You know, there's plenty of good billionaires out there. Um, but these guys really want to use their money and leverage the power of government to change your behavior and control you. Yeah, I mean, look, I'd love to be a billionaire. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, that being said, I, you know, you look at a lot of the damage these guys have done. And you focus on folks like Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, the Soros, Klaus Schwab. You know, a lot of these individuals we talk a lot about. If you had to pick one, who's the worst offender and why? It's so hard when you've got George Soros, Bill Gates, and Klaus Schwab. Uh, I usually choose those three out of the five. Um, Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos do have a bit of a more libertarian bent, although that has eroded over the years. Um, George Soros is just, you know, the villain that everybody knows and has heard much about. Uh, his son, Alexander. So we, we weren't sure that George Soros was going to make it uh, through publication. And there was questions of whether we should put him on the cover um, he's 93 years old and not looking so good, but his son, Alexander. So we, we tracked down all five of his children and found that actually each is more radical than, than he is. And Alexander Soros, who's taken over the sort of dark money empire, this $25 billion mountain of philanthropic cash, um, is much more radical than his father. So I think he's certainly one to look out for, uh, Bill Gates, of course. I mean, he was always this cutthroat monopolist, uh, software salesman. And then once the DOJ started looking into Microsoft and uh, the, the famous antitrust suit uh, was opened up, uh, that's when he became a philanthropist. And now all of a sudden he's a darling of the left. I mean, the left didn't used to love Bill Gates at all. Um, but the things that he's pouring his money into is really, really, you know, some creepy stuff. And then Klaus Schwab, I would say, I mean, he. He doesn't have the power of Bill Gates uh, in America, but but globally, he certainly does. And what he represents is, you know, this he's this front man for this group of people I call the control oligarchs. And the things coming out of Davos um, are, are truly terrifying. So uh, that's probably how I'd rank them. Uh, Klaus at the top only because he represents the rest of them. Bill Gates uh, right up there with him and Soros and his offspring right up, right below Gates. You, know, you talked about Bill Gates investing in some very creepy stuff. We know he's also buying up America's farmland. Uh, you know, first of all, get into the creepy stuff you're talking about. And then also, why is he buying up America's farmland? There's a tactic that Bill Gates used uh, or Microsoft used that is what the antitrust uh, Justice Department prosecutors looked into. And so it, it actually bears upon both the farmland, but all of the other stuff. He has used this tactic called embrace, extend, extinguish, where he enters a sector, you know, acts like he's not making too many waves. He extends his reach within that sector, and then he extinguishes the competition. And so, I mean, you just, you saw this in the pandemic. I mean, it, he enters this glo the global health industry. I mean, he's a software guy. What does he know about health? He's certainly not a doctor, not a scientist. Um, he expands his reach. This happens through the 2000s. I mean, he's funded Dr. Fauci programs, uh, Dr. Burke's programs. He really bought his way in by sending money to NIH studies and stuff like that. I mean, $3 billion is how much we found he had sent towards Fauci and Burke's before the pandemic uh, and their priorities. And then 
he's the one who's authoring uh, the pandemic policies, things like lockdowns and masks and things that we know now and many of us knew then didn't work. Um, he's got a very close relationship with communist China. He's helped the Chinese censor their own citizens uh, using Microsoft software and Skype, et cetera, um, and outed dissident journalists. So he's got this real uh, proclivity towards the Chinese uh, and it's in it's not just commercial. Um, I think he kind of craves the power that communism provides. Um, of course, we get into the uh, the GMO mosquitoes that he's released all over the country. I mean, it started in Florida and California, wants to release them everywhere. Um, not a scientist, but not sure genetically modified mosquitoes is a good idea. Um, he spent over $90 million doing that. What's the goal with that? The, the goal is to uh, eradicate mosquitoes because mosquitoes are actually the most deadly uh, animal. Well, what's the real goal? Is there something more nefarious than that? It's more, I don't, you know, I don't say that, I'm not saying that there's a more nefarious goal other than eradicating mosquitoes. However, uh, you know, a lot of things could go wrong when you start messing with, uh, you know, the food chain. And uh, next thing you know, you know, it has cascading ripple effects. So the fact that he's able to do this without any and that's kind of the theme of the book is, did anybody get to vote on this? Uh, no. And Bill Gates is unelected and therefore he is unaccountable. Um, and that's that's a big problem is these unelected billionaires and bureaucrats authoring our policies um, to, and without any sort of recourse for we the people. Uh, additionally, you know, he's got he, he's the one who helped get the Inflation Reduction Act passed. There's a piece in Bloomberg that, you know, leaked communications probably from Senator Manchin's staff saying that Bill Gates uh, calls up Manchin and kind of threatens him. And he's not a, he's not a registered lobbyist. He doesn't have to register as a lobbyist, but he's able to kind of exert this undemocratic pressure over lawmakers to get things like the Inflation Reduction Act passed. Now, why would he do that? There's 400 plus billion dollars carved out in the Inflation Reduction Act to go to green energy priorities and, you know, so-called green energy priorities. He's got this nuclear power company called Terra Power that's gotten at least $100 million in taxpayer assistance. That's another thing we talk about is, you know, why do we need to be giving welfare to oligarchs? And then what about the farmland? What do you think the objective is there? So using this embrace and, and, and like the, the extinguished uh, phase, you know, I mentioned it with, with global health and how he kind of uh, bought his way into that industry and then all expanded his reach and ex extinguished the competition. The competition is uh, generics in the case of healthcare. I mean, generic medications, you know, they, he, why would he poop like, you know, why would he diss or poo poo um, things like zinc or vitamin C in favor of things like uh, Regeneron or, you know, the other patented pharmaceutical uh, products. And that's, that's what you saw with Microsoft. And you, that's what you'll see in the food industry is the, all the, the uh, industries that Bill Gates wants to control. He actually owns and has large investments in these patented technologies. And so with food and with agriculture, he owns uh, large chunks of the fake meat, you know, things like beyond meat, impossible foods. He's also owns large chunk of these new synthetic patented fertilizers. And so once he's secured investments in the patented technology and he's expanded his reach far enough within an industry, that's when he comes in and exerts the pressure over the politicians to 
uh, do things like ban certain types of fertilizers, which would be his competition, and ban uh, you know uh, types of meats. I mean, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, when she starts griping about uh, cow flatulence and you know how that's going to end the earth. Um, she doesn't get these ideas. She didn't just make up this idea. And a lot of politicians talk about, you know, how cattle are terrible. I mean, Ireland is actually a little further ahead than the United States in their efforts to ban cattle. Um, they're going to be sending anywhere from 40,000 to 200,000 cows to slaughter on the uh, altar of climate change. Uh, that just so happens to benefit people like Bill Gates' investments in these alternative proteins. You think PETA would be a little bit upset about that. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although they'll probably be silent because it's, you know, leftists doing it. You know, the Soros family of clearly, I don't know if, I mean, any other family has done more damage to America in like modern history. They've done this through elections, you know, even more localized elections, like liberal prosecutors, the amount of crime that they've increased. What motivates them to want to destroy so much? You know, what do you what did you learn about them? What should people know? Why are they so invested in destroying America? Sure. So George Soros, I mean, you many of uh your listeners have probably heard that his network is called the Open Society network. And that term open society, it comes from his mentor, uh, Karl Popper. And the idea behind an open society is that uh, there are no borders. And so that's, you know, you see the, the, the erosion of our border. That's a huge Soros priority is to eliminate the border. There's not strong, uh, you know, strong countries, the United States being the strongest. They don't want a strong United States. They want this multipolar world of kind of like everybody, you know, all globalists. And so I, th I totally agree with you that he has done probably the most damage, uh, certainly being the oldest on the cover there. Um, and he's been at it for a long time. And the problem is, is that his, his offspring are just as radical, if not more radical than he is. Um, they're not just, I mean, they've already placed their thumbs on the scales for 2024. You've got all of the, you know, the prosecutors who are trumping up these charges and like against a political opponent, but then also the efforts to, remove uh, Donald Trump from the ballot across the country. This is being pushed by an organization called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington Crew. Um, that's a Soros-funded organization. And he always names, I mean, he, he's really good at naming his uh, dark money network organizations like the Democracy Initiative or Open Society Initiative. And they sound really good. Um, the only problem is that Soros is unelected. And so we have no way of pushing back against his uh, influence. Um, and it's, you know, that's not very democratic at all. And uh, it's something we get into, too, is, uh, in a, you know, he's funding the prosecutors, which that's just, uh, you know, these are these these are tiny races where, you know, it doesn't cost a lot of money to buy the race. Um, local sheriffs are next. I mean, he's now funding local sheriffs. It's pretty terrifying. Let's take a quick commercial break. More on control oligarchs on the other side. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from 4Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. 
or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once, and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com slash Lisa. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Why do you think the left embraces globalism so much? You know, why, why do these billionaires want globalism? Why does the left want globalism? What's the aim of it? Well, that's a great question. And it's uh, talked about a lot in the book, um, how th- there are these, there, well, the, so chapter one gets into this organization called the Club of Rome. And it's really the precursor to Davos and the World Economic Forum. They're very tight with the United Nations. And with the, you know, reading through their thousands of pages of manifestos, um, you kind of come to the realization that there are these problems and crises and in every crisis, there's a huge opportunity for them, of course. Um, there are these problems and crises that are just too big for any one country to solve. And so that's why they, these kind of plutocrats who are, again, not elected, get together in uh, places like Davos, but also like Aspen and very, very fancy places. And um, they get together and brainstorm how they can uh, use taxpayer resources to solve crises, things like climate change, things like global pandemics. I mean, back in the 60s, when a lot of these organizations were getting started, the big problem was overpopulation. And they certainly still to this day think that there's too many uh, uh, peasants (laughs) on planet Earth, uh, you know, using up their resources and air. So Bill Gates is a big um, overpopulation type guy. And the way they want to bring it down is largely through lowering the birth rate they've they've done a pretty good job i feel like they should take a take a victory lap because birth rates are at 60 year lows now are these crises or are these manufactured crises when you talk about climate change and covid which ended up being as deadly as the flu well when you read through like this organization it's a, it's a very it's not well known the club of rome but i would encourage people to go read some of the club of rome's reports they're still you know cranking out reports to this day um, their first their first big production was called The Limits to Growth. And that was like uh, how the earth is overpopulated. We really need to, you know, a lot of these people think a billion people. Now, they never tell you how they want to get to a billion people. They think that's like the ideal planetary size. They don't, you know, they don't tell you how they want to get to it. Um, I'm, I don't allege that there's like some large genocide going on or anything like that. But 
Um, the thing that they openly talk about is just lowering birth rates. That was the first crisis is this crisis of overpopulation. I think they realized because you can kind of see over time, you know, report after report each year that comes out. Um, what grew out of the overpopulation was global cooling. Well, the, the earth is going to freeze. I mean, this is now into the 70s. And um, they, like, these are the people who are authoring things that where you eventually arrive at climate change. The thing about climate change that's so perfect. I mean, they got to global warming. There was holes in the ozone layer. Um, and, you know, every year, the, the, or, you know, every year they're like 10 in 10 years, the earth is going to end if we don't do something about it. And then you get to that 10 years like, well, wait a second. It's like, no, 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 no. It's 10, it's 10 more years ahead. Um, I mean, like Greta, Greta Thunberg said, uh, 2023 would be the year that the earth would end back in 2016. Oh yeah. She had to delete that tweet. She had to delete the tweet. So they all, and they kind of, they kind of just, they paper over their past predictions, but there's like 50 to 60 years of failed predictions. Um, and, and this is why the pandemic was such a, like in Klaus Schwab's words, great opportunity. I mean, they said uh, there's, there's some great clips. I, I wish I, I'll send them to you um, of people at the world economic forum saying climate change just doesn't really scare people enough. So that's why the pandemic has been such a great opportunity because it's actually real. Um, it's not, you know, this hypothetical 10 year away event. And so, um, that and so the great reset is you know talked about extensively in the book i mean klaus schwab got up in uh J july of 2020 and said this pandemic is a great opportunity for a reset a great reset of capitalism of uh rebuilding ours you know he build back better in a greener way and everybody you know if you saw that clip you were kind of wondering in the middle of a pandemic when you're locked down and wearing a mask like what the heck does a virus have to do with climate change and we're we're starting to see that it's uh, they, as they rebuild and build back better and these infrastructure bills, they're pouring hundreds of billions, actually over a trillion dollars is going into like, uh, saving the planet, which is such an ambitious goal. Um, but it's, it's really a heist of taxpayer money. And what is it building? It's building these climate friendly, uh, you know, programs and initiatives that really actually aren't all that climate friendly. I mean, you look at the fake meats, um, which is all done to save the planet, you know, climate change. The fake meats use more, you know, growing meats in a lab uses more carbon uh, than cattle emit methane. So it's that's not greener than the uh, tried and true method of just growing beef. Um, same thing with the electric vehicles. I mean, the batteries and just like the, the number of uh, elements and materials that go into the production of electric vehicle is ultimately more carbon emitting than a gas powered vehicle would emit in its lifetime. And so then if it's not about saving the planet, uh, what is it about? And you kind of can see, I mean, just, you know, have your listeners imagine a scenario. You wake up in the middle of the night, it's in the middle of the summer, it's a, it's a heat wave and you're drenched in sweat. So you go to your thermostat and you try to turn the temperature down and uh, you can't, you've been locked out. You don't have control over the temperature in your home. Uh, that sounds maybe conspiracy, like a conspiracy, conspiracy theory. It's, it's not Ask the residents in Denver, Colorado, in, uh, California and in Texas, they've all experienced this scenario where they signed up for the new smart thermostat. They didn't realize when they checked the box, I agree that they were agreeing to have their, uh, smart thermostat, uh, remotely controlled based on, you know, the energy consumption of their city. This is kind of what the smart cities are all about. This is this technology that 
Gates's funding, invested in Bill, uh, Jeff Bezos with Amazon, and uh, you know a bunch of other characters in the book. Well, and it also pushes us, you know, for instance, with electric vehicles. I, I think it's just so that people stop owning private car ownership, you know, to to reduce that because. You know, there there are questions about if the electrical grid could even support this vast expansion to electric vehicles, if there's even enough raw materials. And so I think the end goal is so that we don't have private, you know, car ownership, right? And and that's part of what, you know, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum has been saying is that, you know, they want us to own nothing and be happy. Uh, you know, talk about some examples about what they're encouraging to push us in that direction. Yeah, certainly. It's, it sounds sort of like a threat, actually, when you when you think a lot about it, like I have. Uh, yeah, like that's not going to make me happy. Right. I can tell you, you will, that. You will like, own nothing. You're you already really pushing your luck. <laughs> yeah, with this Biden economy, you're really already pushing me. In the, you know, no. but like that will not make me. I promise you that much. The, the way to think about it is they want to put a paywall around everything in your life that you enjoy, and they want to make it a subscription based everything you rent everything they they act like it's going to be this utopia but i mean do you like having to subscribe to a number you know like i mean bmw's and mercedes now like in order to have your heated seats uh you need to and to have maybe this the safety sensors on the car the features are in the vehicle you've paid for the vehicle but in order to use those features you've got to pay 10 bucks a month if you want the remote start feature on your key fob that's an extra five bucks a month and uh, it, this is something that Bill Gates actually really pioneered. With it's like flying Spirit Airlines. <laughs> it really no, it really is, and it's like oh, it's something you want to bring a carry on. That's another hundred. You're like, what the hell? Yeah, and you see it in every industry that's uh, like highly consolidated. When the consumers don't have uh, options and choices, then the few market players, especially in the airline industry, um, but but Bill Gates and, and these other guys, they want to consolidate every industry. I mean, there's a great Goldman Sachs report that talks about how a consolidated industry, meaning fewer and fewer market players in that industry, uh, is is the ideal. I mean, it's a, it's a utopia for, for corporatist types because there's no competition. They, that's the thing that unites all these guys. They hate competition, Bill Gates especially. Um, that's why he got into trouble with antitrust, with Microsoft. They want to put the competitors out of business. This is why the lockdowns were so good. It crushed local and small business competition, and it really boosted the big box, big retail Amazon type uh, players. And so when there's no competition, yeah, they can get away with charging you for extra for a carry on. It's the same. I mean, the, the uh, cellular provider industry is a highly consolidated industry. There's just a few options. Your home internet there's only like two options maybe in your area to get fast internet. Um, and that's why they can really stick it to you. And that's really what these guys, the Davos crowd, really enjoy. Um, so that's that's kind of where things are headed is very few options. And when there's few options, you know, I actually lined it up to uh, the University of Michigan does this consumer satisfaction survey every year. And uh, you find that the the industries with few players are the most hated industries. Like you really, you will not be happy. That's why you don't like flying on airlines. That's why you're frustrated with Comcast uh, and the industries where there's abundant choices. I mean, interestingly, the craft beer industry, for example, or the food industry uh, are the favored industries of consumers. There's so many options that you can. I mean, and it drives down prices, and so you get the best value with the most choices. Um, and these guys don't like that. 
Well, I can tell you, I just recently got the iPhone 15 like an idiot, and now I get awful service. And I called the AT&T about it, and I've talked to them multiple times. And one of the people, they're like, oh, just upgrade your plan. I'm like, well, it worked just fine with the 13. So like, what, <laughs> what sense does that make? You know, But it's probably just another reason uh, to try to drive up prices and stick it to us when you know, they're already doing a good enough job of that in this economy. Quick break, more with Seamus Bruner. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com slash Lisa. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You know, I wanted to ask you, because you alluded, you talked about the, the lockdowns uh, and this massive transfer of wealth that happened during it, you know, you, you had players like Bill Gates and the World Economic Forum really encouraging, you know, lockdowns. Kind of talk about how COVID enabled some of these, you know, globalists, these billionaires, these control oligarchs. You know, talk about the role COVID played in all of this. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we so like the the net worth of all of these guys skyrocketed. I mean, mostly a lot of the big tech guys, I mean, everybody, you know, when you're locked at home, uh, you got to shop on Amazon, uh, Facebook, which is now topping about 4 billion users worldwide, but not all of those people are on Facebook all the time. Uh, during, during the lockdowns, they had 2 billion people worldwide every single day checking their news feeds. That's a, that's a lot of money. I mean, Jeff, uh, Mark Zuckerberg almost, almost doubled up in net worth. He was around 60 billion. Now he hovers around 20 billion um, over the course of the pandemic. Um, that, you know, that's not that there's some conspiracy, th- you know, about, you know, that they plan, I don't say that they planned the pandemic, but I do say that they, that Bill Gates and others planned for a pandemic that go through all of the pandemic planning exercises, 
Um, there have been many prior to, you know, there was one just three weeks or whatever before the, the virus started spreading in China in October 2019. The World Economic Forum and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation were planning for a specifically a coronavirus pandemic. So it was on their minds. And during these exercises, they plan out like, well, here's how we respond. And what you kind of notice is that um, the, the, it, it wasn't really about health. It was about control. I mean, there's a big information control element to the pandemic. And that's you know, why you know, there needed to be this unified figure, unified voice uh, in Do- Dr. Anthony Fauci. Now, I place, put, yeah, yeah, and it was, it was really interesting. I mean, if you really track Bill Gates's, um, you know, he appears on the scene in February of 2020. I mean, the, nobody, most people don't even know that there is a pandemic during that at that point. I mean, the World Health Organization doesn't announce that it is a global pandemic until mid-March. But Bill Gates, he, he puts out a, a, an op-ed, an, a Bill Gates byline, and it's pushed by Washington Post, Jeff Bezos' Washington Post. And uh, it's everywhere before you know it. And he says, the only way we can get back to normal is if everybody takes the vaccine. And so you kind of wonder, like, what vaccine? There is, there's not a vaccine. The vaccine didn't come till later. Um, and so they, they kind of had pre, pre-planning for a pandemic. I don't, you know, I don't say that it's intentionally released or anything like that. But... Um, in addition to controlling the information, yeah, the con- controlling the pharmaceuticals. And this is why competing uh, COVID protocols were just not allowed. I mean, you were censored if you suggested any other thing other than a vaccine. Now, we've seen that the vaccines don't exactly work. Um, you know, the promise was that it was 100 uh, percent safe and effective. You know, Joe Biden says if you get the vaccine, you're not going to get COVID. Uh, that was obviously not true. Um, it slowly went down to, well, if you, you know, you might have less symptoms, but, you know, you ask anybody, you know, I mean, the symptoms are roughly the same amongst the vaccinated and unvaccinated. So, I mean, what was it all about? I mean, money, for one thing, it was a huge, huge boost in money to the companies like uh, Pfizer and Moderna. Everybody knows that. I mean, over, you know, a trillion dollars, I believe Moderna was at one point estimated to be the first trillion dollar pharmaceutical company. Um, which is just an unfathomable sum. But uh, Bill Gates helped develop all of these technologies. He was uh, de- developing mRNA therapies. And ultimately, the mRNA is not about COVID. Um, you know, they talk about what mRNA, like it's, a, it's this medical breakthrough, which it is, um, certainly. Uh, but <laughs> Elon Musk actually kind of talks about what, M- uh, med- uh, what mRNA can do. And, it, you know, they talk about with COVID, it turns your body into like its own little pharmaceutical factory where it can produce these spike proteins and it's just uh, magic. Um, but what they really uh, see mRNA as being able to do is like life extension and anti-aging. I mean, Elon Musk, he's got a great comment about this. He's like, with mRNA, you could turn someone into a butterfly. I mean, that's not obviously true. He's being a little hyperbolic, but he does say there's some great anti-aging uh, elements to it. And so you see that these guys kind of have uh, like this God complex on steroids where whether it's the meats or uh, the pharmaceuticals where they, you know, they think that they can tinker with genetics. They, you know, the food is like a really, I mean, kind of bizarre stuff with the, it's not just eat the bugs, but uh, some of the lab grown meats and, you know, it's like cows are just fine. Uh, You know, the, you know, mother nature or God (laughs) created everything uh, just fine. You don't need to be making new meats. You don't need to be extending your life. And ultimately you get to, you know, the bookend, you know, gets towards the end is, uh, you know, the transhumanist uh, ambitions of these guys and uploading brains to clouds and, and 
you know, plugging in a Neuralink to your brainstem. It all sounds like science fiction. It's not. I mean, Biden's FDA just approved Neuralink for human trials uh, this past spring. Uh, in the book, we, you know, at the time of writing, there's over 10,000 people who have already hooked their brains up to uh, microchips. And uh, it's kind of terrifying stuff. You know, you think I'm not going to be uh, I'm not going to do that to myself. And that's probably true. Um, but with the AI revolution, I mean, Sam Altman and OpenAI and ChatGPT is like always in the news these days. Um, you know, there's a very close relationship with Microsoft. Microsoft is the biggest investor in OpenAI. And uh, according to Sam Altman, I mean, jobs are going away and estimates range from, you know, 40% of the workforce on the lower end to maybe 80% uh, as an extreme. Um, that was, a, you know, the, those are according to Google's AI people. Um, and so if you lose your job and you're kind of just struggling to get by, as many people are struggling to get by right now, you, just, you know, there's no telling what you might do uh, when forced to. We saw, and that's what we saw during the pandemic. I mean, that was a kind of a good test run of like, what are people willing to do uh, in an extreme scenario? It's interesting that mRNA, you know, connecting it to keeping people, you know, young when it's killing people. <laughs> when you look at what it's doing to people's hearts and, uh, you know, the rest of it. But regarding this push for, you know, artificial intelligence and, you know, this continued uh, walk we have towards, you know, additional technology in the country, you know, my concern for it is that we're just going to have more and more broken people because, you know, one with job loss, obviously jobs give people a purpose, but uh, even just looking at COVID, I mean, the more impersonal and disconnected we become as humans, the more unhappy we become. You know, you look at all these overdoses during COVID, the isolation, and the more online, the more technologically driven we are, the further driven apart we are as humans and the less human connectivity we're going to have. Uh, And so I just, I I worry that that is going to drive us further towards division, you know, anger, hopelessness, and just a more unhappy society. I completely agree with you. I think you're totally right. I mean, you see this with... Uh, I mean, you know, over 40, I think 43 state attorneys general um, across the country filed suit against Meta, um, Facebook and Instagram maker uh, for its addictive business model. I mean, and and there's, you know, going back to the founding of Facebook, um, they used addiction as a business model. And but the attorneys general go a step further. It's not just that Bill Gates, I mean, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is profiting from an addictive business model, but it's the effects that that business model has on people, especially young people, young, young women, um, you know, feelings of depression and suicide. And so, yeah, you, like during the pandemic, you're locked down and you're just like scrolling Facebook all day. Uh, that's, you saw tons of depression, you know, depression surged. And so it's a, it's a big problem. I mean, this guy, the WEF visionary, Yuval Noah Harari, and if your listeners haven't heard of Harari, I, re- you know, I recommend you go just cruise YouTube and watch some videos of this guy. This is a guy who he kind of speaks uh, with authority. I mean, Barack Obama uh, is a big fan. Mark Zuckerberg is a big fan. Bill Gates is a big fan of Harari. Klaus Schwab um, cites him in his books. And he talks about like, what, it, what does the future look like? And he says, you know, p- there's going to be a lot of useless people, AI and, uh, um, you know, the, ro- the robot in the fourth industrial revolution, as Klaus Schwab calls it. Uh, is going to lead to a lot of useless people. And what are those people going to do? They're going to be on drugs, playing video games. 
uh, it's really dystopian, but also you kind of see, you know, you see it right now in a lot of ways with the, uh, social media addiction and stuff and drug addiction on the increase and fentanyl deaths are always up. So, uh, we're kind of, you know, we've got time and I, I do have some hope, um, that we'll, we'll fight back against it, but it is looking pretty grim right now. Um, you know, before we go, let's also talk about the central bank digital currency. You had talked before about even just, uh, with, you know, like thermostats and sort of some of this technological shifts of them being able to control, you know, heating and air conditioning. I mean, a central bank digital currency would mean that they control our financial transactions as well. And, you know, obviously we're probably not on the popular side of things. So, you know, like good luck, you know, like good luck, Seamus and Lisa trying to go buy the things we want to buy. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's absolute total control that according to the head, a central bank digital currency is absolute total control over finances in a way that we've never seen. People hear, hear like a digital currency. It's like, well, I use my credit card and I tap to pay at the register. Like, aren't I using digital currency. No, 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 this is different. It's, it's a removal of the cash-based system. And so the, the head of the Bureau of International Settlements, the BIS, that's like the central bankers, central bank. It's like the biggest, most powerful bank in the world um, that's based in Switzerland. The head of that bank has this video where he talks about CBDC and he says, you know, the problem with cash is you don't know who's spending $100. You know, $100 just kind of drifts through the financial system and you don't know who spent it or what they spent it on. And so even if you're, you know, even if you're using tap to pay and you're, you know, your card all the time, and if you never use cash, just having that element of cash and that uncertainty floating through the financial system, as our current system does, um, that confounds their, you know, AI ambitions where they can really like analyze every single transaction. And so with a central bank digital currency, um, this guy, Augustin Karsdens, who's the head of the BIS, he says that's much better because it gives us absolute total control. And what it, that control he's talking about is how they will be able to completely debank, like they can deplatform you with the flick of a switch on social media. Uh, they will be able to debank you. And they could debank you to the person. They could debank your entire family, your community, your business, uh, your entire town. I mean, the, an entire country, you know, is, if, if they wanted to, if everybody's on the global central bank digital currency, it's like a flick of a switch, money gone. Um, and so that's a big problem. I mean, like, you know, a lot of people listening may have been, may feel like they're shadow banned or may have been a actually shadow banned, probably for telling the truth about something. Um, and so when you bring in the element of your finances and the type of control that a CBDC would allow, um, that's, that's really a huge problem. That's like game over in my view. Um, and just, just today, the IMF uh, called for governments around the world to replace cash with C CBDC. Um, this, you know, someone sent me this link, like, did you see this? And I was like, no, but now the IMF is pushing for it. Um, uh, the Atlantic Council reported about two weeks ago that the, quote, momentum behind CBDCs uh, remains strong heading into 2024. The World Economic Forum says the same. So there's this push happening in the background. Our, our Federal Reserve, and it's all of the central banks around the world, but our Federal Reserve is, uh, is you know, working on it right now. Well, Seamus Brunner, thank you so for making it so I can't sleep tonight. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I, I could, I could, get, let me, I, I'll give you like a 30 seconds okay, of hope. Yeah, give I, me, I do yeah, have hope. I'm like, well. <laughs> I'll give you some hope. <laughs> okay, give us, people, give us hope, Seamus, give us hope. <laughs> I'll give you a little hope. Um, yeah, no, people are waking up. I mean, it's critical to have this information. It's critical to share it with each other, you know, with your friends and family and neighbors. You need the facts uh, when you go into you know, Thanksgiving and holiday dinners, you need to be able to talk about it uh, convincingly. Um, but also the thing I see just, and this isn't really a fact-based thing, but I, I feel it is, uh, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, people, um, I, I think, like, are craving authenticity, whether, you know, it's, uh, whether it's the food, you see the, the fake meats are sort of flopping with consumers. That's why they need to ban cows because it didn't take off on its own. Um, you see it with like when AI videos get posted, you see this really cool AI video, I guess it looks cool, but, and then you, you think to yourself, well, that's actually kind of creepy, whether it's a deep fake type thing or whatever. And uh, you go through the comments and it's just comment after comment saying, this is creepy, this is weird. And uh, ultimately I think, you know, go spend some time outside and uh, you know, you'll realize it's a beautiful place. I appreciate that. Uh, all right, there you go. Some hope, some hope. Uh, Shamus Bruder, Control Agarks is the name of the book. Uh, everyone go get it. You can tell how well-researched it is. Important information. Uh, Seamus, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Lisa. I was Seamus Bruner, author of Control Agarks. Really interesting, deeply disturbing stuff. Glad he's doing the research to bring it to light and for joining the show. I want to thank you guys at home for listening every Monday and Thursday, but you can listen throughout the week. I want to thank John Cassio, my producer, for putting the show together. Until next time. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, this new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4patriots.com Lisa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.